2: Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell,
1: and this is Peyton Jones, author of Church Plantology. <laughs> oh, nice, you like that? Hey, uh, Zondervan already wrote me. I, I have to say this, you, you would say it too if it were you. Zondervan already wrote me and said, Hey, this book in two weeks has already outsold other church planning books.
2: It's like it sold 20 copies instead of 15.
1: <laughs> No, it's doing well, brother. It's doing well. Nice. So it's all those I webinars had, you're doing. Way to go. Well, you know, I, I haven't even done my own church plantology webinar, but holy crap, dude. It's just, it's, it's making the rounds right now. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for it. You know, it's not, it's not a me thing. I actually felt with this book, I did not want to write it. Um, I had handed, including, you know, around that time I was, hand, you I and I were like, let's shut the. Heck. That's all I wanted. You, I don't care about the money, but I was like, I was like, hey, you, boy, we really are different. (laughs) (laughs) No, you and I at that time, we were talking about handing the podcast off. Yeah, that's right. And and because I had divested myself of all things church planning, and then Zondervan, like I think it was March April, it was whenever California's Exponential was. My editor and I met up for a cup of coffee, and he goes, hey we need a church planning like core book. Would you write it? And I, I, I actually said, let me pray about it. I got to think about that. Cause I was thinking maybe I'm not going to keep writing in the church planning field anymore. Um, obviously I felt like the Lord saying, you know, glorify my son and honor my word. And so I was like, I'm, I'm heading back into scripture. That's, that's always been my strong passion and strong suit and, uh, so I ran it by God and God said, yeah, I want you to write it. And, uh, so I did. And, um, so for me, it's a little bit different. It's kind of like, I did this one out of obedience, reaching the unreach. I wrote it cause I wanted to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Church zero. I didn't want to write a book. Um, I, I really felt that was obedience, but this one, um, actually it felt less like obedience, more of a gift. From God to me, that if I were to walk away from church planning, um, that it would be this. Funny enough, after I said this the last couple of weeks on whatever podcasts or webinars or whatever, somebody wrote me and said, wait a second, wait a second. I think it was here where they're like, hey, wait a second. You uh, do not leave. Do not walk away from this. Your voice. That's fine if you want to bring younger voices in or whatever, but we still kind of need your voice here. And uh, and especially need Pete's voice. And uh, yeah, that's it. (laughs) No, but that that was kind of encouraging because I'm always second guessing whether I should be doing this. And you know, because you and I've been doing this eight years together, and I'm always like, it's that apostolic thing. Like, I don't got to stay here at this church. I don't need to have this ministry. I don't need to run New Breed. I don't need to run this podcast. It's always that giving every walking away from everything is a constant apostolic stance. And I, I just can't get away from that. Mm. So walking away from exponential, that was, that was that that job, it, man. That did that did build some platform, and uh, I, I think even walking away from that, they were like, "Are you sure you know what you're doing here?" did you did you, really I,
2: did you know that they asked me to MC like all their upcoming uh, conferences?
1: Are you serious?
2: No. Are you kidding oh. me? Uh, <laughs> that would have been rad. Dude, I'm like the guy. They go. You would have been uh, so
1: good at it. No, uh, wait, you know you would have been awesome.
2: Wait to get Peyton. He wants Pete <laughs> to show up for q and A Q&A panel.
1: Uh, Heck okay. no, no. It would have been okay. Can you imagine? You emceeing seeing an exponential conference. You would be hilarious. They they it would be like Ricky Gervais hosting the Golden Globes. Right. The <laughs> don't is- care. Don't care. Last time. Don't care.
2: Yeah, that would have to be my stance because my problem would be most of the people in this audience do not think like I think they're not going to find things funny. They're too serious of a people. Like,
1: Yeah. But you know, there would be, it's like the cross section of our audience, right? They're like, this is gold. I found my people. Hey, we're here for you. And you know, it's funny because where my mind goes when I think of you hosting that is uh, that youth camp where you grabbed that kid by the by the belt oh, <laughs> and sailed him over the that. audience. <laughs> I told you about <laughs> <laughs> that. like, I can just picture you putting like hanging Dave Ferguson by his belt and like swinging him out over okay, the crowd. So,
2: so here's the context, everybody, because you have to know that story. I'm, I'm working out of summer. I, like I did not like going home after I left for college. So I looked for every opportunity to go anywhere else. So, I'd go work at summer camps. Um, I don't remember what I did during most Christmas breaks, but I didn't go home, right? Because that just wasn't my thing. So, I'm working at the summer camp. I'm on program staff. And uh, we had this gong that we hung by one of those repelling ropes. So, it's a really strong rope. And my job was to get the kids all riled up before we sent them out to play games. Go figure, right? So I can get him riled up. So all of a sudden I'm like, all right, we need a volunteer. And most of the time I'd ask for volunteers and I had no idea what I was going to have them do until they got up there. And then I would think of it real quick. And I decided, Hey, this kid, what if I took the gong rope? It had a carabiner on it. I'll put it on his belt. and I'll send him off the stage. <laughs> I mean, like this isn't, he's not in a harness. It's his belt. Right? Like, this doesn't make any sense. So, so he, he, you know, he volunteers, I, I hook the carabiner up to him. I take him from the stage and I push him really hard. He goes sailing out and his belt breaks and he lands in the audience. And uh, anyway, so then I was like, uh, oh, oh, what do I do now? We're going to give you 30,000 points because you're the man. I mean, it was just like, you know, that's when you start giving out points oh and points gosh. mean to absolutely nothing.
1: So he went to that counter and found the, 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 like the Chuck E. Cheese counter and he bought like a couple plastic frog and turtle rings. He was good. No, the a couple blow were, pops.
2: The points were for your team. Oh. And at the end of the week, we found out which team won. We never actually kept track of any of the points. So rad. Oh, so we'd give out points for everything.
1: Oh, so by the way, I, I don't have the winners in front of me, but I had that contest. If you posted um, Church Zero, the first three people to do so got a free book. So if I reached out to you personally, um, I, I just reached out to the first three. So you know who you are. The you books are on their way.
2: Any-
1: <laughs> yes, if you need it autographed by Pete, I should just give them to you because you're faster at mailing them out than I am. You right. know my kryptonite is mailing crap. So I don't know why Wait, I, I have I these contests
2: five years ago.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, hey, I'm going to be at Refuge tonight for five minutes on stage. Which a big Refuge. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, Sending Church. I'm going. I'm going to be talking about New Breed.
2: Nice.
1: I know. I suck at that. I suck at mission support. That they said, hey, come talk. Are about they mission. indoors yet? Uh, I believe that. Yes, they are. They are. They're social distance and spaced and yada yada, but. Hey uh so while I'm at it I might as well say hey if you want to support New Breed um if you like this podcast don't give Pete any money uh go to newbreednetwork.org and uh I'll hire Pete once we're rich and uh <laughs> No you know, we we took a huge hit during covid man like huge hit on yeah, our donor base I'm so I'm if you it. guys uh well some ministries grew but you know, I never do this, but I, I should probably start telling our planners, hey, if you want to support New Breed, it's an apostolic network. Um, we do have the other APES like Tyrone's in there, um, others who uh you know are are different. You
2: mean the church planner formally known as the White church Tyrone? The church planner
1: formally known as White Tyrone. Yes. Okay, he is in there, and uh and so, if you want newbreednetwork.org forward slash give, and if you want to donate, um, drop us some love, or you did you know it's been a part of your journey and you want to you want to pay it forward, man, we could definitely use it at this point. So I'll just throw that out there. But if you're a poor church planner scr- struggling to make ends meet, ten dollars is fine. <laughs> just teasing. Uh, then this is our gift to you. So,
2: so hey, uh, important question for you. Play much Fortnite lately?
1: I haven't, but I know you have. Dude, on, Pete. Tell
2: I'm me. telling you, you got I friended you. I'd sent a friend request. You got to accept it or something.
1: I, I will. I just haven't been on it in forever. I can tell.
2: Yeah. Or you just don't like Pete and Mitch 46,
1: 49. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying to play with you, actually. Me and you could team up and we could, like, dude. Dude. And, we could, and then eventually we'd have to kill each other, which would suck. No, not when you play uh, duos or squads. <gasps> Oh, dude! I so want to play duo with you. The duo wins. Oh, dude! I'm on that tonight. Tonight, when I get back from mission thing, how late you up?
2: Dude, what are you talking
1: for Can- Fortnite? I'm up. Okay, all right. Tonight, you and I are playing. Luke Fortnite.
2: and I had a win. I think last night in duos. Oh, <gasps> yeah,
1: dude! Come on! I'm gonna be Snake Eyes tonight. I'm Captain America and Snake Eyes when I play. I'm Batman. <gasps> what? It came out yesterday. What? I'm buying that. Oh, okay. So you be Batman, I'll be Robin. <laughs> Do you have Robin? No. Okay, okay. Listen, I don't know. I'm having a little crisis here. Uh existential crisis. I don't know if I can play when someone else is Batman. That oh, I might can actually play be else, tough. For me. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll buy Batman. I'll be him. Then I can play with you. <laughs>
2: Dude, I, I have become so addicted to that game, but I'm nowhere near as good as Luke. Like, Luke is just, like, there's too many buttons. I grew up with an Atari 2600. We had one button 22. and the joystick. That was it.
1: Did you have a Commodore as well?
2: No. Those Ooh. were rich kids. Rich kids had Oh,
1: Commodores. Yeah. No, I, I don't know where I got mine from. I, do you remember back in the day, like, a kid would loan you something, and it was, like, yours forever? Oh, of course. Right? Like... Like, some kid loaned me his Commodore. He never saw it again. Wow. And I, I know, literally, like, I remember a kid loaning <laughs> loaning me his Marvel action figures in kindergarten. I probably still got them somewhere. Probably. Mm. Yeah, it was kind of bad. You, those are the days where when you loan things, you didn't see them again.
2: What's your favorite gun in Fortnite?
1: Oh, you asked me that. Um, well, it, true to Peyton. Peyton's going to say the giant hammer, the pickaxe, and then the samurai sword that Snake Eyes has. It's not going to be a gun. But um, anything purple I like because uh, it's like legendary and it's powerful. So I I don't care what it is. But you're talking like sniper rifle, Uzi. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like the machine guns because they're easy to take people out with. But I'm not a great sniper.
2: They don't have the sniper rifle anymore.
1: What? They took that out? They took it out. Oh, I did like this. Well, okay. So I still used it when I was far away. I used it, I, it on
2: Luke all the time and he hated it.
1: <laughs> oh, I so I would pick people off from a distance. And particularly if other people were fighting other people, I'd be like, boom, boom. Then I'd be like, yeah, you're next, sucker. Boom. And then I'd start hitting. They'd come running at me with machine guns. And I'd pull out my legendary. Pop, 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 pop. And they're gone. Yeah. So, yeah. I was dirty.
2: Yeah. You know, the, the hard part. Hey, for hey me,
1: survival of the fittest, baby. That's, that's all I'm saying.
2: That's how it's played. Like I got, I got second this morning. I lost, and I, I think my mistake. Oh, Pete was, doesn't
1: like being second, everybody. No. That is not okay.
2: No, I think, I think my <laughs> mistake was, I tried using a rifle, and I should have used the shotgun because I was on Whoa. him, and he wasn't dying. And I'm like, he hits me twice, and I'm dead. And I'm like, he must. Use oh, he had
1: the a shotgun. shotgun. See, he shot, no. I don't in know. In Halo, would have done it. In Halo. The freaking shotgun and the the energy sword those are my jams so when i play team halo i i literally we would play these boards and this like halo 2 i remember us playing whatever board that was with all the different levels on the alien platforms and i would just be around i would just i would run the whole time i wouldn't hide i wouldn't I would literally be stalking those corridors and I was on you and you were dead. I used to dominate on that thing. Then years later, when halo got a little more advanced and it all went like it used, I'm talking about where you're playing with people in the same room, like up to four to eight. But that was back when I was pastoring pastoring was fun back then. But then, um, when, cause I had a bunch of college students, that's what we do for outreach. But then when, um, when it became like you jump in with a bunch of strangers on the worldwide web, the second I was in, someone had a pistol at my head and blew my brains out. And it was like, take that sucker. Be some little 10 year old cussing at me. I <laughs> like, know, Okay. Right? This sucks. I'm out of here. I'm not doing this because I'm going to kill you all. I'm going to hunt you down and find out who you are, drag you out of your house and curb stomp you to death and end up in prison because I am not wired for that. Sorry. Sorry about that little outburst rant there. Um, only teasing would never hurt a kid. But um, no. <laughs> it, <laughs> but literally, like it would push my button, and I'd be like, "I mean, these kids coming up like a few, you know, <laughs> like, dude, what in the heck? Yeah So,
2: yeah, that's why I got Luke and I will sometimes play uh, red versus Blue or something like that, and he will just like kill me every five seconds, and I'm like, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> right <laughs> got stop playing um, this
1: <laughs> yeah, they they call that camping. Where you camp like spawn points and then you just wait for them to appear and you you take them out.
2: Uh, well yeah, yeah. I would do that too every once in a while. But he would just do it because I'd like start to run. He'd be like, oh, there he is. <laughs> I'm like what the so, heck did you just hit me with.
1: So that is kind of bad because I would do that with my daughters. when I was playing the Lego games with them, I would, I would, you know, like in Lego, if you shoot your or you hit them, they eventually bust apart. Oh, do um, Yeah, in the Lego game. So, like, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. And I would do it to my kids and pretend it was an accident. So, I'd wait a little while and then I'd bust them apart again. They'd be like, Daddy. And I'm like, Oops. Oh, sorry, guys. You know? And uh, they bought it. They still probably would buy it today. The dad's not. But secretly, I was doing it on purpose. One day yeah, when I'm dead, they'll, they'll go back and listen to this to get to know yeah. me better and be like,
2: Oh! Episode 431. Wait, dad did that on purpose.
1: Yeah. Oh, the revelations will have both of our kids will have through this podcast. You better take these down in a couple years, Pete.
2: Dude, that's actually one of the reasons why I still do the podcast after eight years. Yeah. Because I want my kids to go back and hear my thoughts. Cause oh, man. I was having this conversation with uh one of my my good buddies, and I was like, you know, I mean, realistically, over the eight years. If you listen to it from the beginning, you're going to yeah. hear my opinions change on things. Oh, my gosh. Just because, you know, that's the way life is Dude, supposed to work.
1: On so many things. That is that is something that is 100% true. Is, uh, yeah, on so many levels, on so many different topics. And uh, that is a cool chronicle, my friend.
2: Well, that's why, like, when you see all these politicians and they're like, oh, when he was in college, he said this. And it's like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, I look back over my life. I I, I mean, I, I don't know where I'm going to be in another 20 years. But I'm sure my opinions will change. My thoughts mm. will change. And certainly, what I've said will change. Because yeah. that's what's happened over the last 20 years.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, it's funny. Because um, every once in a while, someone will call me and be like, dude, your voicemail is full. And I have to explain to people, Listen. Now, if a friend or a family member calls me, I don't delete their latest call. And sometimes I save certain ones. So they, they, I had to go back through and and clean out all the unnecessary ones. But to this day, I don't have a recording of my dad. I don't have of my mom used to call me every week and leave messages. Um, if she called and I was in a meeting or, or couldn't get the phone or whatever. And one of my greatest regrets is I can't hear my mom's voice anymore. Like as stupid as that sounds, I'm sure I could find it somewhere, a video ever somewhere. somewhere. Um, but I don't have any ready to hand. And so... Um, that, is it, that's is a little... it because we do the
2: podcast that you just have me blocked on your phone so I can't even call you?
1: <laughs> no, you never call, you never write. But we, we you and I, text each other a lot. We do. That's the funny thing—mainly funny, nonsensical things. But it, it's it's part of the reason we're friends. Did you, Did you I, see I, that Pee Wee Herman thing I sent you last night?
2: I, I tried oh my tagging you this morning in a. Uh, it was a couple of stormtroopers on the Death Star <laughs> playing soccer. And like they kept missing the ball, it was it was hilarious. Right? <laughs> it was great. It's great. I, I tried tagging you in it, but it wouldn't let me tag you.
1: I don't know why. That's so good. That's so good. Should we actually get into the topic? <clears throat> yeah, you know what? I I probably should um, hit this topic because um, it, it's something out of church plantology that that I, probably I think you should, should also
2: hit about. sermon boss first.
1: Oh, oh yeah. All right, all right. Let me pull it up Here's Stall.
2: You know, now that now that Joey's going to be checking up on you.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, Joey Roper. I told him bug me in May after the book launches, and uh, and he he said, "Okay, I will." But I'd like because we're trading. You know, I'm 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 getting ready to put all my sermons up on ministryninja.com. dot um, and I, I want to have a a page there where. Did I tell I, you I was going
2: to put all my messages up on Pete Mitchell sexy? <laughs>
1: I own that domain, That's by the so way. So rad! I remember when you bought that. That's so rad. Yeah. So I want to put them up there. Just you know, I, I've I've withheld it because of vanity. You know, like oh yeah, put my messages up. Listen to me. Listen to my take on this passage. Meanwhile, and now we we have it's a, like
2: how many podcasts?
1: I know, but I I have now. I work with through dot org, and it's kind of like well. Uh, this is what I do for a living now. Maybe I should just pop these things up there and get over myself and stop. Because when I say vanity, part half of it's vanity and half of it's insecurity. Because nobody wants to hear their their old sermons. You know what I mean? But they may be helpful. So I'm like, well, maybe I should put them on there. So I'm working a, a trade for Joey Roper uh, on that. But folks, this is what the price tag looks like. Hey, pastors. You spend countless hours preparing for your messages, then preach your heart out every another week. But then what? How can people in the church or online find those messages again? Not just last week's message, but what about last month's or last year's? If people are going to your website to listen to your previous messages, they're, hey, Jamie, they're probably having to scroll through endless pages to find that message. Or they're being instructed, Jamie walked across during my commercial. I I couldn't just do a good commercial. Or being instructed to go to YouTube or Facebook to listen to it, which is frustrating. Not to mention distracting, like Jamie run across the podcast. There's got to be a better way. Well, friends, now there is. Sermon Boss is an audio video live stream. Sing- I shouldn't do it like this, huh? Like a circus, uh, you know, circus master. It's too
2: late to stop now.
1: Okay, I'm going to keep doing it this way. From now on, I'll be like, hey, uh, one of my favorite podcasters, he does it like, hey, hey, how you... I used this lawn care product and it's actually pretty cool. I took it out of the box. So okay, next next week's Sermon boss I'll do it like that, but I got I gotta use it first. I gotta hurry up and get back to Joey. So until then you guys are gonna get the game show host, okay? Live streaming platform, which comes with a podcast so you can easily integrate in your church's website and church app so you'll no longer need to send you people anywhere else to find your teachings. That was a little too much. Sermon Boss will allow people to easily search for find discover. and by the way, Joey, this is over 30 seconds. I'm just saying. It was a 30 second ad, and this is way over 30 seconds. It was about 60 seconds. And with my interruptions, probably 90 and even customize a personal playlist from your teachings right from your website. Sermon Boss easily integrates into other platforms so you can keep your YouTube, Vimeo, or Facebook followers without having to send people away from your website to find your live stream and previous messages. Go to SermonBoss.com today and schedule a free online demo and see how easy it is to make your teachings more accessible and make an even greater impact for the kingdom of God. We look forward to hearing from you. Sermon Boss, 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 Boss.
2: Yeah, I'd say that's more like 90 to 120 seconds.
1: Yeah, it's pretty pretty long, man. It's like... So they can't complain about it because we're like, hey, we're giving you like triple the time. Well, they can complain.
2: I wanted Pete to do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it was so funny when you're like, no, actually, Peyton has that handled. (laughs) Like Talk to Peyton. Yes. yes Cool. So what's today's topic? Today's topic is very... Church Plantology? uh, Yeah. I'm going to speak out of Church Plantology a little bit, but... Um, not, not because I'm trying to push church plantology. I actually, I, uh, okay. So I say some controversial things. I know that's a big shocker, right? One of the things that I'm pushing back on is some of the language. And, um, one of my buddies, good buddy, love him. Um, he has been, uh, really helpful kind of tweeting things out and getting, getting the word out. However, um, one of the things that he's kind of pushed back on a bit and it came up in our in our conversation yesterday, but we're like literally out of time on this webinar, was I actually push back on the idea of everybody being a sent one or everybody being sent. Um, and I said, look, everybody's not sent. Because if everybody's a missionary, nobody's a missionary, right? Like a sent one is an apostle or missionary. Now, I get the context that we all want to say that we all have a ministry. We all are to be missional. Um, and I get that, but I think words matter and language is important. And the language used today is to try to get us out of the clergy laity separation. Um, like, well, I'll leave it to the professionals, you know, uh, but really in the New Testament, the professionals leave. So what that means is that everybody is equipped in their gifts and mobilized on mission. I believe that. However, um, Paul even asks the question, are all apostles? Rhetorically, um, when he's talking about the distribution of gifts, well, no, all aren't apostles. That's the point Paul's making. Are all evangelists? Are all? No, we're not. Jesus gave us all a variety of gifts. And so trying to be as biblical as I can on this, what I push back on is the fact that we are not all apostles. And so... What I'm going to do today, I actually got to find it because uh, <clears throat> I'm a little bit of a mess these days, Pete. i um, been running from podcast to interview to podcast to all my daily work, so um, it has been quite a, uh, a little thing. But anyways, the, the pushback on that is I think people have found the language helpful um, to say that we're all missionaries, but in the same way that I get what people are saying when they say, oh, look, you know, uh, apostles are entrepreneurial leaders. I get what they're saying, but to try to say that entrepreneurs are apostles or apostles are entrepreneurs is actually a little bit misleading because you, you and I both know I'm apostolic and I can plant churches, but I couldn't start a business to save my life. You know what I'm saying? Like they are not the same thing. I get the crossover. Paul happened to be a combination of both, right? He was a guy who started a business, ran it, you know, really well, then partnered with Priscilla and Aquila who were apostolic and entrepreneurial as well. It's an amazing concept when you find it together. I do not possess that ability to Start multiple businesses. Start, uh, I'll meet guys like Mike Wade, who's going to be on the new breed um, webinar at the end of the month on April, uh, May 28th. If you guys get a chance, he starts multiple businesses all the time. And then he trains planners out of them. And he's just always like every six month dude has a new business and he gets it all started, hands off to a, um, to a planner and lets him run with it so he can train BIBOs. But you know, I I just think that we're in a really weird place right now where um, we've got to be careful. We've got to be really careful about the language that we use. So I'm going to find my thing so I can talk. So Pete, you got to stall for me again. <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking, uh, you're going for Wally's World right there, you know? Do 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 do. I, uh, I don't remember Elmo's World. On. Is it Elmo's, well, world? Elmo's world? Yeah, that's been. what I was hearing.
2: It could have been. I don't know.
1: Gosh dang it. Where's my book? I have, I'm just going to go into my folder here. Bear with me, guys. I'm, I apologize. I'm a, I'm a wreck today. Um,
2: Stall. And we do no editing, so this all stays in.
1: It all stays in. I'm not even embarrassed about it anymore. It's just what happens. All right, here we go. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. All do alright here we go. I have so many versions of my book, it's not even funny. <laughs> I literally have like 100 different versions. Hey, there's Peyton's edit September 15th. Great. That ended up being the, the final one. So, uh, do you know, when I sent the book into, uh, Zondervan, the, the one that was like the final, final one for print was called church plantology 76. And that was after soldier 76 from, um, uh, overwatch video game. Cause he's like an old busted up captain America type guy. So that's, that's I, how I have I did no it. idea what any of that means. There are those who do. And yay, there's the sound of much I bought an right Xbox now.
2: and have one game on it. <laughs> Fortnite. That's it. That's the only nice, one I got. Nice. Nice. So I don't I don't know any of these game things you talk about.
1: What are these game things? You know, I'm I'm trying to find where I talk about it in the book. And this is this is really embarrassing, everybody. Sorry. I had it open and I shut it down cuz I shut my computer thing down. So I'm a little frazzle right now but I'm opening up Kindle that's where I actually had it so let me see if I can find this there we go
2: I think I'm going to title this episode listening page to 79 purchase his computer
1: <laughs> yes so let me let me um let me kind of read um, this is reading time with Peyton now So, over centuries, a mythology has developed regarding calling. If we revert back to the scriptural terminology of a sent one or of sentness to describe our ministry as Paul did, instead of perpetuating the language of calling, things become clear. Many who claim to be called refer to their choice to go into full-time vocational ministry without any conception of undertaking missionary work or anything that involves being sent. The elders and deacons stay. Whereas church planners go, there is no required calling for local church elders and deacons to stay. So I'm pushing back on two two things at once here. One is calling. Um, everybody who goes into ministry says, "Well, I was called into ministry," and and the calling that we see in in the Bible is a little like I believe everybody's called. So I don't mind pastors using that term to say they were called. But I also believe people not in ministry also need to use the term called because the calling is to use your gifts, right? So if a man's gift is teaching, let him teach. We are all called to be his witnesses. And the way that we're called to be his witnesses is through using our gifts. So I go on to say the modern day, so, so to say calling, um, Paul spoke of being sent so when the when the average pastor reads the New Testament they read into it and I was just talking with um, uh, Steve Erickson um, yesterday and he was like yeah when they read the New Testament they read themselves into the text when Paul's talking about his ministry like Paul was a pastor well hello Paul was not a pastor Paul was a missionary he was a sent one So, uh, the modern-day pastor's role is essentially the role of a first-century elder, somebody who teaches and governs the church, and most importantly, stays behind when the apostolic planner moves on. Nowhere in scripture do church elders receive a special call. The biblical pattern was for the apostolic leaders who planted a church to appoint elders before they exited it. The issue is not whether or not you're called, but whether you're sent. Aubrey Malphurs notes that using Old Testament examples as parallels to our calling employs questionable questionable hermeneutics. And it's more helpful to discern your internal wiring or design to plant as a church planner. Despite the accurate claim that we are all sent in the context of the Great Commission, we do not all possess the wiring for apostolic ministry as sent ones. Thus, Paul asks rhetorically, are all apostles? 1 Corinthians 12.29. There are those of the missional movement who would argue we're all missionaries, but the words of J. Herbert Cain regarding the sentness aspect of the apostle, the New Testament word for missionary, are helpful here. The use of the term missionary. There are those who advocate that we drop the word altogether. Others insist it should be applied to all committed Christians. Stephen Neal has warned if everybody is a missionary, nobody is a mission missionary. The Chinese have a proverb, If two men feed a horse, it will lose weight. If two men keep a boat, it will soon leak. What is everybody's job is nobody's job. If every Christian is a missionary, missionary work is bound to suffer. It is correct to say that every Christian is or should be a witness. It is not correct to say that every Christian is a missionary. So that, that's very controversial. Does it mean that we are not all to be witnesses in the Great Commission and Engage in missionary work in that sense. No, but there is a designation. So when Paul says, Are all apostles? His answer is no. So, so what I'm, what I'm trying to do is just be a little more accurate because when it's kind of like if you're in an airplane, some people say, Well, this is, um, uh, splitting hairs theologically, but, but think of an airplane, right? If I'm flying in an airplane, um, The way that we got where we are today is back in the old days, we started using language that was not helpful, like clergy laity. And that grew over time so that eventually people thought, well, I'm just an ordinary person. I'm not specially called to ministry like Bob is, you know, or I'm not specially called to ministry like Peyton is. So, you know, I'll just go work my job and I'll be a good person and hope that people see my goodness and ask about Jesus. Never, any thought towards a gift. So if you think about an airplane, right? I'm in an airplane. I've got all this computer technology in front of me and I am to, you know, a a hundred percent of a degree. Like I am on course to that airport. If I deviate at the beginning of my journey, just one hair's breadth of a degree off, I am going to end up over a thousand mile flight. I'm going to end off in a completely different city from, from where I took off from to, to land to, right? I will be so far off my destination down the road. So language is like that. Our language matters because what we pull out of that language, the way that it starts to change how we behave is over time, like getting us to a whole nother different city. And so even though it seems like, Hey, this is, this is not what, what's happened is the course correction from where we are today. The language started to become, we're all missionaries. And everybody went, huh, we're all missionaries. And, and what I believe that has done has now led to a misunderstanding of what it means to be a sent one. Because I'm, I'm a little jealous for the recovery of a biblical definition of apostleship, right? Missionaries are missionaries. Um, sent ones are sent ones. Uh, apostles are apostles. The apostles are not shepherds. Apostles are not teachers. Um, shepherds and teachers have a missional aspect, which I bring out in the book. Everybody has a missional aspect. In fact, I make the, the claim that when every believer has their gifts activated, they automatically become evangelistic. Through their gifts, they become his witnesses. Right? As our, you know, like when Peter stands up, and I know I've said this ad nauseum on this podcast, but I want to make this very clear. When Peter stands up and says, um, when they go, what is this? And Peter says, what you see right now is what Joel the prophet spoke about concerning the last days. In the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men will dream dreams. Your old men will see visions. And he says, "This will be on your manservants and your maidservants." You know, uh, you're young and you're, so so poor, rich, old, young, male, female. It, it's the gifting, right? And that's why Joel talks about the gifts. When your gifts are awoken, they say, "What's happening?" Peter says, "This was happening. The Holy Spirit fell. My gifts awoke, and here I am preaching the gospel to you." Um, Sorry, background. And he says, this is for you and your children. This is what the Spirit's going to do. He goes, this promises for you and all your children, as many as the Lord will call. Um, so what Peter's saying is, what you're seeing now is for all of you to do. And of course, that's what happened in Jerusalem. The Spirit kept anointing and baptizing every believer. Their gifts awo- awakened. They began to be as witnesses. And so as soon as your gifts awaken, you become like Peter extremely evangelistic you can't help it and so being his witnesses to me i would rather us use the term we are all his witnesses rather than um contradicting paul's point in first corinthians 12 where he's talking about the gifts by the way the functions and the gifts are all apostles no i would have to contradict him and say yes yes we are all apostles uh, because we're all sent ones. We're all missionaries. That is the word for the New Testament. Now, are we all caught up in the mission of God? Yes. Are we all witnesses, meant to witness to the glory of Christ through our gifting on the mission of God? Yes. But I do believe that Stephen Neal was right. If everybody is a missionary, then nobody is a missionary. Now, I would say that everything you do is mission, right like everything you do is mission the way you work is mission right the way you love your family is mission everything you do in your life is a part of the mission because we serve a missional god but um but anyways that's kind of my my controversial take on that i hope i've i've laid it out a little bit um that function changes and in the next part of the book actually um lead to the fact that um paul is considered a, a prophet or teacher. He's grouped in. It says the prophets and teachers got together, and it names Barnabas with all these other names. Then in Acts 14, 23, <coughs> it says um, that Paul and Barnabas appoint elders after uh, the um, the spirit. It, he says, set apart for me, Paul and Barnabas. Right to the task which I have commissioned them. And that was when they begin to function apostolically. So, uh, and then they go on their first mission. So, um, I wasn't always functioning apostolically. You know, I grew as a teacher first and then I grew in, as an evangelist and then I grew as a shepherd and then I grew apostolically. And that was something that, that had to be, uh, that was a shift in me. So that bore you.
2: I'm sorry. Were, were you talking?
1: Just a little bit.
2: Okay. Just a little bit. It was so, a cross between reading your book. Like I felt like we were uh, at a book reading, and you're like giving everyone a little taster.
1: Yeah, Can I don't, don't mean. I don't mean it to be that way. I actually mean it to to hopefully be helpful for everybody who's working these things out because. We've, we've been having language given to us for a long time now. And there's kind of like a political correctness, right. That happens in Mm. Christian circles where you, you have to use this language now and you get all self-conscious. Like, am I using the right language? You know, Um, not only
2: the right language, but in the, the Christian realm, like we were talking about it before the podcast, there are, there are topics that like, how dare you believe otherwise on this or how dare you think differently on this this is established science over here, and it's like, wait, wait a second here. Yeah, why, why can't we at least enter discussion here without you
1: telling me I got to repent because I have to have a different beliefs than you? <laughs> well, Steve, Steve Erickson is really funny because after our call, like we were out of time, and it had just been brought up, and someone dropped in. It was Steve Erickson. He dropped in the chat. Wait a second, Peyton said something opposite to that in his book, which I was glad he pointed out. And I was looking at the clock, thinking uh, when I host these. I actually, um, I have to I have to end at a certain time. And so I knew that it had to end, but I, I, I wanted to, to just have a friendly kind of natter about it because I think it's a place we, all three of us would have disagreed. Um, I probably would have been the odd man out, but I would have agreed with the sentiment of my host and guest. I would have totally agreed with where their heart was at and what they're trying to say. And actually, one one of the individuals I respect so much, his, he, I actually learned a lot from him. Serving with him was his grasp on language and his importance where words matter. And we would be in meetings, and he would say, "I think we need to be careful about using this word." And so, you know, it's interesting because I I think there's a pendulum swing, and I want to see things go the way that um, that that. They would be trying to make them go. But I don't think necessarily um, that using that language is the most helpful. And so for us, like if you're apostolic, you are a sent one. I think, in the, and part of the reason is in the book, I bring out the fact that there are strike teams that leave and go plant. And then there are what I call fist teams, which stay. So the fist meaning that, you know, you've got the makeup of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. But a strike team can be the. It's most likely going to be the first three. Um, but you're gonna you're gonna kind of go out. Shepherds and teachers tend to stay behind. But even in that work, um, often uh, an apostle will stay behind for a time to get the church and and a prophet. So an evangelist too. So it just I, I really bring that up. Like the teams, I would say it's a very deep deep um, work on how planting teams function both the teams that go and stay but that language to me for multiplication it's multiplication language it's motivated by how we multiply and if we don't get that term right we don't understand the function of how it actually works on the ground if that makes sense Mm. because there's not really a a a theology of multiplication um that that is um developed practically. And I would say one of the things that church plantology does is it really develops a boots on the ground, um, philosophy of ministry for multiplication, almost a theology, if you will, of it. So I'm, I might be kind of nerding out today and boring everybody. If I am, I apologize. Some of you guys probably eat it up, (coughs) but it, it actually is motivated by multiplication. Um, it, I, I feel it hurts multiplication to to say everybody's a missionary in exactly the same way um, that an apostolic is.
2: Well, let me ask you, man, when you're sending out all these people <laughs> or or not sending them out or you're saying, yes, I agree, but no, you're not a sent one. How do you take care of all that IRS compliancy, your payroll, your bookkeeping, all that stuff for, for your church?
1: Well, I'm I'm glad you, you raised that, Pete, because you know when I, when I when I when I when I you know when I'm when I'm doing all this you know not using the word uh, missionary for everybody it takes a lot of my time and I'm correcting all this language, Pete. So what I do is I go ahead and I work on cogitation while I hand all my bookkeeping needs over to the folks, the good folks at SimplifiedChurch.com.
2: Now, when we say good folks, are there
1: really any good folks? Pete, I'm glad you said that because words are important and words matter. There's no one good but God, but the relatively sinful people over. What's the name again? (laughs) Simplifychurch.com. Sorry. I started watching brother Where art Thou. this. uh, I I, I feel like. That's such a horrible movie. I'm in a tight spot. I'm in a tight spot. No way. Yeah. Dude, you got to. Why? You only seen it once, huh? There's no way I would suffer through it twice. Dude. That's what I first time I ever saw it. Didn't like it. Didn't care for it. You watch it again. Trust me, that See, movie comes alive. This is
2: where it comes back to you and I are completely true. different. Completely different. That is true. You. By the way, you did you are, watch Bad Batch
1: last night? I didn't. I'm. I was gonna watch it tonight, but then someone's like, "Hey, complete Fortnite with me." So I guess that's what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> I only watched half of it, but it was
2: good so far. Was it good? You can tell it's good. Basically dude. starts with Order 66. Yes. That's basically where it starts.
1: Okay. All
2: I'm right. not giving anything out because that's in the first three minutes. Oh,
1: man. Did he give birth to himself, the clone? I really want to see that movie again. <laughs> I really want to see that okay, movie Okay, but if you and I watch it, we need to live stream it. You and I need to watch it like Mystery Science Theater 3000 yes, heckle yes. and make fun of it the whole time and live stream it for just a fun event. I, I agree completely. New breed fundraiser right there. <laughs> com. Go there and uh, cogitate. cogitate. All right. Well, hey, this has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell on the Church Planner Podcast reminding you, if you want to reach the ones, nobody else is reaching. Why am I talking like circus guy again? If you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, dang you, Joey Roper, you're still our whipping boy and you ruined it. Uh, uh, go where sure no reach. one's going and do what no one's doing. That's the one. See you guys later. Bye.
2: Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com.